thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm remember you can always listen online at our website which is dipetro.com folks this portion of our program brought to you by propane plus propane do you use propane you do call propane plus heating and cooling 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 propane plus they want to be your propane provider they've been there three generations they're available 24 7 such an efficient operation the family family run business what a tremendous job they do they have a very user-friendly website and that is log on propaneplus.com residential commercial just type in your zip code folks it's propane plus and remember propane is energy for everyone it's affordable it's sustainable it's equitable it's good for the environment lowest carbon fuel and it's renewable it's propane plus call them do you use propane well give my friends a shot at propane plus call them 401 885 4209 and in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus i want to mention the wall street journal had a good editorial and i um and i know there's several people out there that don't i'm going to say don't understand but all of this negative talk against ukraine and why we're there um wall street journal had i thought a very good piece that seemingly just it's it's as if a lot of people don't fully understand you know what we're doing there and the benefit of us being there and why it makes sense for us to to be there and in essence we haven't had you know the loss of one american life let's be very clear russia is not our ally and this in all ways is good for america it is um it's very short-sighted for different individuals that for whatever reason just um you know continue this drumbeat i see some of these posts that people are just it's just foolishness that that they're just putting out there that somehow yeah you know you're gonna buy silence it's very expensive and that's all that's that's not that's not what it is um it is the the reason we're there is the fact that as as i have been saying we have a chance we we can't just sit back and and let china and and russia uh putin is evil and if you believe that we are good which i do in the battle of good versus evil how about another do you know how many people have quote fallen out of windows because they were perhaps not going along with what Putin's plan was? I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost a little comical at this point, uh, complete insanity. But make no mistake about it, 
Um, and that's why it, it's uh, it's discouraging to see the number of people that, to me, just don't fully comprehend why we're there, why it makes sense to be there. And in essence, it's the most cost-efficient way. Um, the fact that that in 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 that we are winning on this ukraine's victory is is our victory and that's why president Zelensky coming into washington um he he should have been it's it's it is i think it's disgraceful that certain people were trying to portray it that it's like a charity thing but the wall street journal had a good piece republicans lose the plot on ukraine russian war the benefits of helping kiev defeat putin far outweigh the cost american support for ukraine is not charity usaid is helping to degrade an enemy military without the death of a single american in uniform the question is what some republicans are thinking as they they spent thursday portraying the ukraine president as a grifter you know and kevin mccarthy well you know i don't support a blank check josh hawley skipped the speech what a joke Congress spending bill includes 45 billion assistance for Ukraine could put the total north of 100 billion but plenty of the cash is flowing to core American priorities almost 12 billion is replenishing U.S. weapons stocks 7 billion U.S. troops in Europe it is important to be a good steward of taxpayer money but as they've kind of looked into it um it's it's actually has been keeping the u.s best u.s weapons out of russians hands and ukraine has been successful with that so but the costs are dwarfed by the benefits one economist wrote ukraine aid is an incredibly cost-efficient effective investment burning up russia's military power for a single-digit share of the pentagon's annual budget though moscow is one of america's most formidable adversaries war wars are also shop windows for defense manufacturers any country browsing a russian tank or air defense catalog is having second thoughts and will want to buy american boy you don't hear anyone mention that but the wall street journal goes on to say many of the same republicans sneering at Zelensky will claim the u.s needs to abandon ukraine to focus on china but beijing and moscow are working together to undermine the west best stop the u.s could take to deter another assault like putin is delivering to ukraine more of the best long-range weapons aircrafts missiles tanks and other tools it needs to defeat the invasion that's the bottom line and people need to remember ukraine was invaded and that's why you know i go against any of these some of the people out there that have been supportive Ukraine, russia invaded ukraine this business of that ukraine needs to now come to diplomacy with putin is is ludicrous no he needs to be defeated he needs to have his own people rise up and take him out now wall street journal also has another good editorial the blue state exodus continues and they talk about the latest census data shows california losing florida gaining again texas florida 
make up 15% of the U.S. population, but accounted for 70% of its population growth this past year. That's one of the revealing facts in the Census Bureau. Keep in mind, last year, Rhode Island ripped off the census by putting out the fraudulent numbers that they did. U.S. population grew by about 1.2 million, with foreign immigration accounting for a million of the total. Yet the Census Bureau found some states still lost population because migration to other states exceeded foreign immigration. California, 343,000. New York, almost 300,000. And Illinois, 141. Lost the most residents to other states. How about that? California, 343,000 people left California. Think about that. New York, 300,000 people left New York. And Illinois, 141. The most residents of other states. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Oregon, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Louisiana were also big losers. Where are all these folks moving? Mostly to states with lower taxes, more affordable housing, higher standards of living. Florida drew the most newcomers, 318,000. Followed by Texas, 230,000. North Carolina, 99,000. South Carolina, 84,000 people moved to South Carolina. Tennessee, 81,000 moved to Tennessee. Georgia, 81,000 moved to Georgia. And 70,000 moved to Arizona. More people moved to West Virginia than left for the first time in a decade. Texas ranked first in overall population growth, 470,000. Followed by, how about Florida, 416,000. North Carolina, 133 population growth georgia 124 south carolina again 89 tennessee very popular state now one new trend is the migration from the pacific northwest between 2010 and 2020 washington drew washington state 371,000 newcomers from other states this past year it lost 3,500 but because of a big increase in foreign immigration it still gained population oregon gained a house seat during the re uh, a portion reapportionment owing to high levels of migration this year it lost more people on net um colorado barely gaining one possible culprit is the spiraling public disorder in such cities as seattle portland and denver most americans regardless of the, regardless of their politics don't want to live let alone raise children homeless people camp on the sidewalk and the whiff of skunkweed is impossible to escape um you know they don't mention rhode island but sheer because of the numbers if they broke it out by percentage we would definitely be up there and then they also go on to say democrat governors can't blame empty officers for their failure to recover jobs lost so a big part of this are the democrat governors think about that florida has no income tax and expansive private school choice programs it also doesn't smother business with regulation. Florida Governor DeSantis doesn't have to run ads in progressive states. It sells itself. Huge contrast between Florida and California. Yeah, Gavin Newsom rants ads in Florida urging residents, join us in California. Ridiculous. No, a lot of it is the progressive policies. And sadly, in Rhode Island, we... Um, 
we uh, dealt with those. Very, very failed. The only reason we're not mentioned is just because the uh, proportion-wise, it would be high, but it's it's uh, it's the, the the small numbers. All right, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 the coincid in 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, joining us right now from the Boston Globe is columnist Dan McGowan. And Dan McGowan, Mayor-elect Brett Smiley, soon uh, Monday, actually, uh, Monday or Tuesday, set to take office and already major changes underway in the city of Providence. Yeah, John, uh, this is, uh, I think, now becomes probably the biggest uh, news story that the, at least initial news story that the Smiley administration is going to face because when you have... Uh, the Public Safety Commissioner, Stephen Perry, retiring. You have Chief Clements, who was offered a job to stay, but is, is moving on to a different opportunity. Uh, you now have, you know, the major jobs in public safety um, open. And I think it creates, you know, a little bit of a vacuum, obviously. You, you do want that leadership at the top. Remember, Chief Clements has been there now 11 years. He's been, you know, wildly stable in that department, even in pretty unstable times when it comes to law enforcement. Um, and now, you know, all the same questions that always, you know, come when there's going to be a change in police leadership uh, come up for Brett Smiley. Does he search for an outside choice? That, that always, uh, you know, kind of, uh, makes the the rank and file guys uh, pretty upset. Does he go within? Does that create you know uh, kind of rivalries within the department? Certainly in the higher ups and you know in, in the administration or in the leadership there. Uh, so there's a lot going on, and I think you know as much as Brett Smiley kind of came in saying I'm going to get back to basics, I'm going to try to be the you know quality of life mayor. Now his number one priority has to be figuring out how to uh, make sure that. Police Police department kind of remains pretty stable. What is your uh, instinct, Dan McGowan? What do you what do you, do you think? Does he go outside? The fact that Clements is staying on to help, kind of seemingly with 
I, I think influenced maybe with the choice and transition. Uh, do you think someone gets promoted from within or do you think they go outside? My gut tells me it'll be within. Um, yeah. And I think it's be, I think it's in some ways a testament to the leadership that chief Clemens had, right? You've had, you've had a department uh, and you've had a shakeup recently. You had Tom Verde, the number two uh, retired yeah. recently. So you have a lot of leadership change there, but generally speaking, you've had, um, you know, pretty stable leadership there for a long time. Uh, I think Brett Smiley knows that, uh, you know, there's a there's a level of uh, disruption that happens when you go outside. And sometimes it's necessary. Look, you know, it, for, for whatever people thought of Dean Esserman when David Cicilline came in, yeah. it was it was needed to go outside. The question, did he, did he overstay his welcome? Was he the right choice? You know, different debate, but there's no question that the police department needed to kind of move on from the shadow, you know, of the former mayor and all that kind of stuff. Um, this is different, right? This is not a, a police department that's considered corrupt. In fact, it's pretty high performing. Uh, you know, you're having a good knock on wood, good year on, on you know, uh, violent crime and things like that. And so my guess is that Brett Smiley isn't going to want to disrupt things so much uh, and, and go with the outside. But, you know, I mean, look, even when they search, uh, even when they decide to to uh, promote internally, they still do at least some, you know, broadened search. So who knows? Maybe there's somebody around the state that has been, you know, in the Providence Police Department before right. and would want to come back. Those kind of things are all possible. Now, let's also turn to the fire department. I, I thought Derek Silva was still running uh, the union. This is uh, big. They haven't had a fire chief in Providence in quite some time. Yeah, and there's a debate. I mean, John, you and I, I think, probably can look at this as people who have covered uh, the fire department for a long time. Yeah. You know what? They didn't really need one for the last seven or eight years. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't the most urgent thing in the entire world. But I, I look, I get for the firefighters why they wanted to do this. Uh, Derek Silva, what you're right, was the union president for several years. He replaced Paul Dowdy, of course, but he very quietly was made the acting chief or the, oh. the I think it was like the number two job. Um, I believe over the summer or maybe last spring by Mayor Lorza. That was significant because remember Derek Silva was, he was the number two in the union yeah. for a while when they had their big fight with um, Mayor Lor- uh, with Mayor Lorza back up for the platoons and the shifts and all that stuff. Uh, one of the things that happened over the years, look, Derek Silva came in, got a very favorable contract for uh, his, his members, for the firefighters. And I think what Derek Silva tried to do, in, especially during the election, was uh, it was fairly clear that he uh, and, you know, his sort of personal friends were they were tied to the Smiley campaign. The union actually endorsed uh, Gonzalo Cuervo for mayor. And so uh, it, I, the, when I saw that he was separating from the union just a couple of months ago, I kind of thought, oh, maybe he'll be the next fire chief. And sure enough, that's where uh, that's where he's going to land. Yeah. And he's a uh, that's a power couple because his wife is wildly impressive. Yeah. Arianne Carenti. She's uh, she's the chief of staff at the Rhode Island Foundation. She was a top person in the Tavares administration many years ago. Um, and is, yeah, is somebody who. Uh, she's somebody who I think, you know, would be on the short list of people you call when there's a big decision to be made yeah. uh, in the state of Rhode Island. Yeah, no, that I think that that really helps him. And let's face it, as now fire chief, you know, they're going to be out and about at certain things. And um, 
she definitely, you know, can handle herself in any type of situation. I had some dealings with her during the Tavares administration. Dan McGowan, what does it tell us that Stephen Perry is basically out uh, next week? And what I mean by that is what does it tell you about the the Smiley incoming Smiley administration? Well, I'll tell you one thing that that is a, a growing criticism that I'm getting from, about people about the Smiley administration, you know, before he even takes office is the way they've handled transition has been uh, inartful at best. Mm. Uh, you know, they're they're making calls to longtime city employees and not even in, not even looking them in the face, making phone calls to say, hey, you're not going to be here anymore. Um, that that wasn't the case with with Stephen Perry. I think Commissioner Perry uh, knew during the campaign that the writing was on the wall. You know, remember, the police department didn't have a lot of controversy. So the question that all the mayoral candidates kept getting asked was, will you have a public safety commissioner? And yep. you know, there was a real debate over whether or not it was necessary. There's always the conversation about what, you know, what that person should be. Should they be, you know, a former law enforcement person? Should they be kind of a community person? Um, and look, there, there was uh, certainly, it was, it was very clear on the city council, there was real frustration with Commissioner Perry. Commissioner Perry's job essentially was to protect the mayor, right? He, he had to come in and, and right. deal with the council when they were mad at him and deal with the, you know, both the police and fire union members when they were mad at him. So that is a really hard job. And I think there was a little bit of almost, it just, he, he was too hot, right? He was too toxic in some ways. And I, 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 I use the word toxic. I just mean that reputationally. Right. I mean, look, Commissioner Perry is a good guy and he, and he did his job. You know, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, yeah. but, Again, you know, you, when you're when you have a new administration coming in, Brett kind of had made that promise, even though he did he wasn't saying it very publicly. Yeah, that that that's a tough job. He's a good guy. I knew him as head of the state police, and but it also tells me that that Smiley's listening to the rank and file because he is certainly not yes. popular within the <laughs> police department. And then he he was the acting chief, and many times, if anything, the police felt he was siding more with the firefighters than. Well, then, remember, then. remember back in 2020 when they had the, the you know, the riots and then right afterwards, yeah. famously, the firefighter went on tel- live television and made an yep. accusation against the police. And Commissioner Perry and the mayor, you know, very quickly sided with the fire department. So they had kind of good reason. The other thing that, that people, um, you know, there's always what's happening in public and then what happens behind the scenes. And you know, if you remember back in the fire department, when, when the mayor was having his big fight with the firefighters, you know, the truth was the rank and file firefighters, they decided to make the mayor and the commissioner kind of their, you know, uh, public enemies, number one and number right. two. The truth was, though, behind the scenes, the union president, De- Paul Dowdy, the number yep. two, Derek Silva, they have always had a very strong relationship with Commissioner Perry. So even as uh, things were very ugly publicly, you know, Commissioner Perry was the one that they actually listened to, that actually listened to them in a lot of ways. So they always kind of kept a strong relationship. So I think that does speak to, you know, the police guys definitely felt like the commissioner sort of favored the fire department um, over the last eight years. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 
580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401 580 1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside you're gonna love what they can do for you 401-580-1852 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors dream build enjoy We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, you wrote, that was uh, quite an interesting piece on what is now Providence's first couple. Uh, I even like the fact that they, you know, spoke with the Ramundos. Andy Moffat offered uh, some advice. I love the line that Rahm Emanuel said to Smiley when he was running the campaign. But, boy, in, in a very, uh, in, in the blink of an eye, they are about to be, they will be Providence. They will be, that's right. And, and this is, you know, on one hand, it's, it's always, I think as Brett Smiley said to me, as I wrote in the column, you know, he, he always, he still understands that it is somewhat provocative to introduce your husband when you're a gay man and, and things like that. But more uh, aside from the same sex marriage aspect here, um, this is just two guys that are in a di- at different points in their lives compared yeah. to, you know, the last several marriages. If you think about it, you know, Mary Lourdes's wife, they had a kid pretty early. Yeah. You know, she, she went and got, you know, she was getting her law degree. No, no criticism. She just wasn't a front facing mayor. Mayor Tavares's wife was not at all front facing. She was never around. Uh, David Cicilline was a bachelor. Buddy Sancy, the second time was, was, uh, you know, was unmarried because he was divorced. Uh, Joe Pelina was a young mayor when he got in. So this is the first time that a mayor will uh will be will come into office married since the first buddy since 74 wow so that is significant in its own right and then you got to factor in that jim garentis smiley's husband is the biggest real estate guy around yeah uh they are you know they are a real power couple and they have yeah. the ability now from both ends you know whereas you always hear the, the term, right? You go to the uh, the opening of an envelope, which is always the thing that Cicilline did, the thing that Cianci certainly did. Now, because you have kind of two well-known sort of power brokers as a couple in this in this city, I do think you're going to see uh, Jim Durantis get involved a lot more. He'll have a voice when it comes to policy, but he'll also be able to, you know, uh, just meet with people and, and encourage them to get involved, things like that. And that sounds kind of hokey, but it, it, you know he has the ear of the elites in this city uh, and in, and across this state. I think that Brett Smiley and Jim Durantis are going to be not just the most powerful couple in Providence, but quite frankly, I think they're the people that if you're coming in from out of state, you're going to want to meet with them um, yes. more so, quite frankly, than the governor. Yeah, and they're they're so different. Um, it's interesting, Dan McGowan. How I I mean, I remember that Providence police were uncomfortable when Cicilline was the first openly gay mayor. Fast forward, it, it doesn't, 
I mean, during the course of the campaign and so forth, that, it doesn't even come up anymore. I mean, Not it just close. doesn't. Right. I mean, and as far as as Smiley and what's also you're exactly right. Uh, first of all, I think it's good for the city. Um, he's they're very east side. They understand yes. that. And they're, they're more I, the, the whole economic development. I like in roadmap. You list that there's some several key openings that that is an area that's that's been neglected for a while. And, and that's where. I, I think Smiley smartly recognizes there's, there's room for a lot of growth there. Room for a lot of growth. You have the ability, if you're a big, you know, if you're a big company that wants to come, you know, meet with the, the mayor of Providence, which is not uncommon for any big city that that would, that would happen. You now also just kind of in your back pocket, you can say, Hey, my husband will get you a great deal on a house. Right. Sure. And, and that's not illegal. There's nothing sketchy about it. It just no. happens to be true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that plays a major, major role in it. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, look, Mayor Lorza, uh, I think he deferred to Gina Raimondo on all things economic development um, to, I think, uh, I, I think it was a problem for the city. I think that's going to change a whole lot with, with this mayor. And so I think that's a big deal. I'll go back to your other point, you know, going back to the, you know, being uncomfortable with uh, Mayor Cicilline being gay and now this not even being a factor. I actually said this, it didn't quite make the cut of, of my column, but when we were talking, we were sitting down last week and I, and I said to them, you know, it is, it is strange. You know, it used to be that just being gay meant you were the most progressive person, you know, in the entire world and, 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 you know, Brett Smiley said, look, you know, that those days have changed. He, he got criticized throughout the campaign for being too conservative. Yes. Uh, right. He was considered the, you know, the status quo in some ways. And um, and, you know, he, he, he rightly said, like, he, there's still uh, there's still discrimination out there. It just doesn't happen to be, you know, for, you know, a gay married couple. It's more going to be the trans community, things like that. And so you know, he recognizes the role that he that he can still play. But it is not the most, you know, you're, the, the number one thing to know about Brett Smiley is not that he's gay. Whereas I think with Cicilline, at least initially, that was the only thing people talked about. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely was. And, and, um, and I think also with Smiley, he's, you know, he's got that direct pipeline to Raimondo. So I'm sure he, he seems that he can juggle the relationship with Governor McKee, which will be challenging. And he's got the problems with the schools. But um I, I, and you're right. I mean, they're moving pretty fast. That's the one thing they maybe need to slow down a little bit. But uh, but I think it, it, there's a lot of room for the city for, for him to grow. And Dan McGowan, also in the Globe, uh, some people may not recognize, but that's a big opening that's opening with Department of Corrections that Governor McKee's going to have to fill. Yeah, I mean, the top job at the Corrections Department, remember, you want to, you know, you know whenever we talk about the, the unions, right, there's, there's a handful of them that are really influential, and they, they some of them have different strategies, but we, we hear a lot from the Providence police and the Providence firefighters and the Providence teachers because they all tend to be very loud and vocal. You know, the Correctional Officers Union, very similar in that way. They're yes. not afraid to, no. to take swings. Uh, and so now you have an opening at the top of that, you know, uh, of corrections. Uh, this is a challenge for Governor McKee. It's, it, yeah. you, you know, he already has all those jobs in human services and health department that are all, you know, vacant or acting. Now you've got that job that's that's really important. And, you know, he's got to make the right choice because you want to be on the side of the unions who I believe endorsed, you know, did endorse him for. Uh, well, no, actually, the, the correctional officers, I think they actually endorsed uh, Ashley Kalis. Uh, and so 
you know, he's got a challenge there to figure this out. And, and I think uh, that is, that's a significant opening, one that people don't really necessarily always pay attention to. No, but he's going to get the overtime under control because that is just oh my God, so exactly. out yes. of whack yeah. and ridiculous. Dan McGowan, are you surprised? Governor McKee is, uh, I mean, there's, there's a low profile and then there's a no profile. I mean, he is, uh, I mean, as we see in the Globe, you know, you guys had the big sit down with the Senate president and then the speaker. Someone mentioned to me at the, the state house, like uh, they're wondering if this is a precursor to the, what the first year is going to be, which is. You know, he's really been off the radar. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you, by since the homeless thing. I'll tell you, by comparison, when uh, when Gina Raimondo was in office, and you know, obviously she had a tense relationship with Speaker Mattiello at the time. But when Speaker Mattiello was doing his annual, you know, let me sit down with the press, everyone in the governor's office was glued to it because they wanted to know, you know, how they could contradict whatever he said. Or yep. how they could one up him, right? Because that's the way these administrations work. By contrast, you're not hearing, I'm not hearing a peep from the governor's office. And really, I mean, since winning the election, this yep. governor obviously went on vacation. He's entitled to do that, but he has not had a single positive news cycle no. since winning the election. So he wins the election by 20 plus points, and he and he has in many ways been very quiet. Now the administration says, look, we're, you know, we're preparing our budget, we're preparing inauguration. But, you know, you, when you go almost two months without really, you know, paying it, you know, getting any attention paid to you at all, you better come out of the gate in January hot. Uh, because you're right. I think that, I think you've got a house and a Senate that understand, but by the way, two, as we talked about last week, you know, two leadership teams, house and Senate that are, uh, very comfortable in their own skin that have oh, yeah. their own agendas and are ready to go. And I think you have a governor who, who hasn't quite um, managed to capitalize just yet on his big win. Uh, we'll see how it, we'll see how it comes. He's got to fill those jobs that we talked about. Uh, you know, you want to see a vision that is this inauguration speech is going to be really interesting because yep. remember a couple weeks after that, he's also got the budget on his hands, but the inauguration speech is the one that you get to tease your agenda and it can't just be go to my website and read a plan, right? Cause people yeah. don't do that. Nobody does that. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's kind of how he campaigned. It was just go to my website and, and he won, it was successful, but I don't think you can do that for four years. No, and I also noticed that uh, they would normally used to just put out no public events. And then I think, I could be wrong, but I think it was your former colleague, Ted Nisi, that kind of mentioned on Twitter, like, wow, no, more no public events. So they've changed it now to the governor's actively working behind the scenes exactly. the on his budget as opposed to just no public events. Folks, you hear me mention um, Roadmap, and, uh, in, and again, the globe is filled with Stories also some kind of year in review. It was quite quite the year, uh, in a huge year, obviously. For oh, one more thing, Dan McGowan. I'm curious your thoughts on uh, you guys. What a piece on it! It is sad to read, but just the there's no other way to describe it. The destruction of the Providence Journal. Yeah, and we you know we kind of in some ways farmed this out to our you know to our team in Boston in, in many yeah. ways because. We don't we have no desire as the, you know, the Globe Rhode Island Bureau to, right. you know, to spit on the grave of, uh, of any news outlet in this state. We understand the value of the Providence Journal, all of those things. Many of my colleagues worked there. Right. So uh, no question. There's lots of love from us to them. But it is a it is an important news story in the city in the, in the state of Rhode Island that you're, you know, one time 
really powerful drive the news kind yeah. of, uh, you know, newspaper um, ha- has really, really dwindled now to the point that the editor of the paper, you know, la- was pushed out, was laid off. And it was barely a news story. You know, I broke the yeah. news that he was that he was out there, That's but it right. wasn't even that, that used to be a story when the news when the editor of the Providence Journal yeah. was leaving. That was in the A block of the television news Absolutely. for a long time. Yes. Um and you know, I think you obviously newspapers have really struggled. The Globe has been, you know, a rare exception. We happen to be owned by a, you know, by, by a singular owner, the Henry John Henry, um, who's very wealthy and you know, we've been very fortunate. But uh, it, it is, it's, it's really, really sad. And I think, you know, to the credit of this market, uh, I, I still think you've got, you know, you've got Channel 12 that's very strong, my former colleagues. Yes. Channel 10 is very good. You've got a bunch of radio stations. You know, you're out there every night. I don't know how do you keep, how you sleep. <laughs> um, and so I, I still feel like a lot of the, you know, the majority of the news gets covered, but there yes. is something to be said about, yeah. you know, about, about a very thin kind of paper of record and it's unfortunate. So we, we did, we had a big long story on that. Uh, I believe it ran on Christmas day. In fact. Yeah. It was very fair by the way. And it's just, it's, it's sad to read. I mean, I was a cover to cover journal reader growing up. We used to get the, you know, the, paper in the morning, the province journal, then the evening bulletin and so forth. So we were, you know, like a lot of people, two papers a day, but it is, uh, it is just a shell of what it was. But folks, the good news is the Boston Globe continues uh, in making strides. This was a big year for the Rhode Island team that continues to just lead. It's, it's almost like the Chicago Bulls as far as the all-star. I like the format that it's going. I really like you and Fitzpatrick teaming up on these interviews. Now, without uh, spilling the beans on anything before I let you go, are we going to see the two of you sit down with Governor McKee, or is that still in the works? We're trying. We're trying because, <laughs> by the way, to your point, when the President of the Senate and the and the Speaker sat down with us, our next question was, hey, Governor, usually you would sit down with us, too. And, and they said, oh, we just haven't got around to scheduling it yet. So we'll see. Mm. Stay tuned, I would say, John. <laughs> yeah. Folks, um, now again, you hear me mention, I do start the day, Monday through Friday, with Roadmap. It arrives in your inbox. It is, here's what you need to know. Here's the links, whether it be stories in the globe, like everything, the total disaster with, with uh, what's going on with Southwest or the Patriots or whatever it may be. And Dan McGowan, as a year-end bonus, if you'd be so kind to extend it to anyone that's listening. Yeah, very simple, very free. Send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. Uh, we're going to take Monday off for the holiday, but uh, we'll, you'll start getting it every single weekday. You'll start getting it tomorrow, but it won't be in your inbox uh, Monday. And uh, like I said, rinews at globe.com. Uh, we'll sign you right up. Folks, he is Dan McGowan. Dan, excellent job. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you in 23. Happy New Year. Talk to you next week, John. Thanks. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, 
you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren, take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. It is Wednesday. It is December 28th. It is the final week of 2022. And what a year it has been. And folks, you know, in looking ahead, make today the day you pick up the phone, make a free consultation with our friend, our guy, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Why not get free consultation, see where you are finishing the year and what your goals are for next year and the, the years ahead. Ameriprise Financial, they've provided advice, clients, unique goals. They have helped millions of Americans retire on their terms, when they want, where they want, doing what they want. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisor. Call today, free consultation. Maybe it's estate planning. Maybe you want to get your son or daughter on the right path to financial security. Why not have someone maybe check under the hood a little bit? Are you retired? You're thinking of going back to work. Put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for you. Free consultation. It all starts by picking up the phone call right now. In the year, begin the new year on a high note, 401-434-1510. Office is located 400 Massoyed Avenue in East Providence. Our guy, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial. Again, free consultation, 401-434-1510. Whether it's estate planning or retirement planning, maybe you want to bounce something off someone when you're thinking of making a major purchase or maybe education planning. Whatever it may be, cash flow management, he can do it all and take advantage, free consultation. Why not 401-434-1510? Well, again, folks, it is Wednesday. I want to mention that it is a loss. Make no mistake about it. It is a loss that Hugh Clements is going to be uh, leaving the Providence Police Department. I know the chief. Uh, I've known him for quite some time. He is a terrific police officer. He's done a very good job under difficult circumstances, especially, you know, folks, the last few years, especially 2020, it was a very challenging time for anyone and everyone in law enforcement. And so um, so Chief Clemens, you know, trying to navigate uh, and also navigate, you know, going from the Tavares administration into the Adlors administration. Many times that's one of the first thing that happens is they switch police chiefs. That did not happen. So his staying power, he was asked to stay on during the Smiley administration. He's um, decided to take something else. I've heard some rumor of this. Sounds like it'd be very positive development. But at the same t token, um, he gets to leave on his own terms, which unfortunately for that type of job, you know, it's almost like coaching. When, when you see a coach decide to retire or leave, uh, it's a nice change from all, how a lot of times coaches leave. Police chiefs, any police department, a lot of times when they leave, 
A lot of times it's because something has gone wrong and then the retirement is forced. But 2020 was definitely a, a challenging time. I, um, I have a lot of respect for Chief Clemens, the work that he has done. He is very visible in the city. And now that's a big appointment that the new incoming mayor, Mayor uh, Brett Smiley, will make. Now, folks, on this Wednesday, I want to once again point out what is uh, happening right now. This should normally be a very happy time for people that are traveling. People have, you know, the week leading into Christmas off. They have Christmas, New Year's off. They want to go somewhere special maybe for New Year's. And what's happening right now with Southwest Airlines is... uh, is really just absolutely atrocious as this is continuing with all of these flights that are canceled and these people have no people are just stuck there's no they're getting the airport there's no rent a car amtrak is a mess um it is um it is very very challenging i feel for and i know there's a lot of people they book the tickets way in advance They figure, all right, we're going to spend Christmas, and then we'll leave Christmas night. We'll leave the day after. Uh, But these problems started even before Christmas Eve, and now they're just rolling in. Now, Southwest Ear meltdown. Travel hell continues, according to the Drudge Report. Tens of thousands stranded. Now the luggage is lost. And what's happening in Buffalo is terrible. But listen to these headlines. Here we go again. USA weighs COVID measures for China travelers. Italy is going to screen arrivals. Global jitters returns. Folks, it's, there's, there's several things about this, though. And that is that we, we have the vaccine. A lot of the, uh, the other countries actually don't have the vaccine. So that's why it was even so puzzling that Trinity Rep, that they announced they were pausing the show, uh, Christmas Carol, because of COVID. The entire staff... The entire staff at uh, at Trinity with their woke version of Christmas Carol, and it has nothing to do really about gender. It's more of, from what I understand, the people that were there were more a little more upset of the fact of of just it. It was so far away from what the uh, original, you know, the original um, show was supposed to be. Okay, uh, Trinity Rep. We'd like to update you the status of the remaining performances. As it turns out, shows scheduled for Wednesday, December 28th, have been canceled. Persistent COVID. If you purchase tickets. So once again, and as I had predicted, there were people saying, oh, no, they're coming back on the 28th. I said, I'm, I'm hearing they're not coming back. Uh, the, it is again it is canceled people and and it's amazing the people that just take them at the at their at their word all these people know they they said they're coming back they said they hoped to be back on the 23rd i don't think as i said the show was a bomb audiences didn't like it um you you also had sponsors at, at trinity were uh were embarrassed frankly by this performance if you if you haven't read about it you can log on to the website dipetro.com but going back to the situation southwest now granted you know all these other um airlines you know they're also dealing with the snow there's definitely something wrong with 
southwest that all of these flights are in fact being canceled there's definitely something more to it than just yeah because of the snow we're having some problems it it doesn't make sense because as many of you know the planes do a lot of the same routes so it's it's unusual that it's not as if oh one minute they're going you know to buffalo and then the next moment they're going la to texas it's they they tend to fly the same type of uh, routes so that that the only flights that should really be affected would be the flights in and around that 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 huge you know the buffalo area the problems really started i think on thursday of last week and then they they were um they really started to explode uh last friday and then on, on christmas eve now folks if you um i want to encourage you visit the website dipetro.com you can see a lot of the unique content that we have and video and again uh cranston pd live our seventh episode will be tomorrow night live we will in time bring it to youtube as well i recognize that everyone's on facebook but facebook remember it's free you can share as much or as little as you want but i know a number of people that have actually gone on to facebook just so they can watch uh, a lot of our live stream videos so by the way i also want to mention governor mckee remains totally below the radar this week governor mckee i mean he has been the only time it's like the uh <clears throat> you know the whole element of the whether or not we're going to have six more weeks of winter the um the governor he is not he basically popped his head out of the ground groundhog day he popped his head out of the ground because of the homeless situation and the fact they were camped out at the state house but other than that governor mckee has been nowhere to be found i mean the, as someone said to me there's a difference between keeping a low profile profile and keeping no profile he has not been seen in the past he and his staff the staff would put out that no public events scheduled they've changed that then ted nisi of wpri said boy a lot of uh, days there doesn't seem to be anything going on now they've put oh he's working very hard behind the scenes you just don't see him he's he's working on his budget as a matter of fact so they've kind of um switched it up a little bit from that we don't see the governor to believe me he's working very very hard you just don't happen to see him that's what they've kind of pivoted into i think as i've said i think governor mckee's gonna have a very very challenging year he also has to uh, fill a very high profile role at corrections the woman that's been there is leaving she's had her hands full without question with with the unions especially you know the correctional officers uh there's there's definitely something broken how much they're still costing the state in overtime i think it's 30 million dollars in overtime with some correctional officers making well over 300,000 uh the correction department is got to be on the to-do list for governor mckee it's wednesday you're listening to the john DePetro show falcon pest services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401-739-1322 free consultation 401 739 
1322. Locally owned and operated, serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. They offer services for termites, bed bugs, ants, roaches, mice, rats, in the summertime, spring, fall, mosquitoes, and many other pests. Call today for a free consultation, whether it's for your home or a restaurant. Maybe it's once a year, maybe it's once a month. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322. Residential and commercial, whether it's an office building, a school, a hotel, a restaurant, or your home. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Free consultation, 401 739 1322 to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com remember weekdays 11 to 2 but visit the website dipetro.com that's the best way to reach me there's a direct link contact john we also have all our sponsors right there we have unique original reporting stories videos also all our links to social media whether it's facebook when we do facebook live or youtube or twitter it's all right there at the website dipetro.com and then remember once you're there you can also visit the shop we have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at dipetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website dipetro.com. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland you can also look for on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets, there's things for your children, there's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401 305 3585 diagonally across from Davenport restaurant next time you have an emergency think at med urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to At Med Urgent Care. 
avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing, at Med Urgent Care when it's an emergency. 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston, that's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. 